Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here. Man, I, I don't know where to start. I don't so, know where to start. First off, uh, Wirecast uh, programmers, software engineers can go fuck yourselves. We are live, though. It connected. Oh, did it connect? <laughs> yes, it did connect. I okay, do have well, it you, you, you guys have created shoddy software full of holes. That's number one. Number two, my building is currently undergoing a renovation, and there's drilling happening, even though I was promised there would not be during the day. So I forget the name of my building. Otherwise, I'd say it on the air, the name of the owner. They can also go fuck themselves. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're we're going to attempt to do this. And if it's either really loud because of the drilling or wire cast, craps out we might have to call an end to this podcast today but and they need bigger revolving doors downstairs but do they need that too they're dangerous why for your big kentucky head is that why like what's no the, i saw uh... somebody get caught in it as i walked in last month it was oh. kind of funny oh they, they they must be special two people tried to go in at once and my, me and my wife were like nah not doing that one and we found out why they got they got like caught up in there but yeah there's huh. i wish there was something going on this week that we could talk about i know though. i wish we had some news i wish we did there's nothing there's you know nothing. what we've talked about this before what a time to have a uh, combat sports crossover website yeah man what a time yeah man you know okay can you hear it's, that it's, drilling it's, it's not nearly as loud as it was earlier okay okay I'll, I'll give that credit yeah guys let us know if the drilling is too much if if it is we will delay the show, reschedule the show, cancel the show, whatever yeah. it is. If you all can deal with it, it'll be okay. In the live chat, let us know if it's a pain in the ass or if you can deal with it. Yeah. To me, it's a people pain just, in the ass. People just seem happy that we're live. And, and the funny thing is, Jimmy, in the middle of all this, all I really wanted to do last night yeah. was to call it an early night and listen to some NBA podcasts because of the big trade. That oh, didn't yeah. happen. I heard about that. I Kyle Irving, yeah. 
Kyrie Irving, not Kyle Irving. Oh, whatever. I'm not a basketball <laughs> fan. So, good for, good for both of them. So, uh, you know what I would have loved to have been last night, Sean? What's that? I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall at Brock Lesnar's house when he got mm-hmm. the phone call telling him about Mr. John Jones. Now, we should, we should talk about this. Yes, this is a pro wrestling podcast, but as we've said before, whenever news comes up that's uh, not necessarily wrestling related, but that wrestling fans might find of interest, we have to talk about it. I think everybody's going to find this to be of interest, even though it's not pro wrestling. I think this is very pro wrestling related, all things considered. Yeah, in, 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 in a way it is. So why don't you go ahead and, and uh, tell everybody the latest that you've heard. John Jones failed a drug test in relation to UFC 214. Apparently it was the test administered after the weigh-ins. There's a lot of information, misinformation going out there. Like it's So I'm waiting for all of it to kind of settle. We had Kendrick Johnson, who was able to talk to Dana White yesterday in Las Vegas, sent us some videos. They're up on Fightful.com as well. Thanks to him for that. But you know, Daniel Cormier reached for a comment, and man, I wonder how that guy feels. As emotional as he was in the ring— This could set a crazy precedent because John Jones technically failed a drug test before he ever beat Daniel Cormier for a title. If this is overturned, Daniel Cormier gets that title back, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's just the situation. Uh, We saw something somewhat similar in Invicta uh, uh, just a few months ago. Tanya Evinger, who just lost to Chris Cyborg, a ref kind of screwed her out, like told her a move was a foul, and it absolutely wasn't. And she ended up losing that fight. Hmm. The fight got overturned to a no contest. Her title was returned to her. Hmm. Now, categorically different situations, but very similar in that regard. Because that fight will become a no contest eventually. Here are some of the issues that I see. Ian Kidd is a very good guy to follow about this. It's an oral steroid. It being an oral steroid is an easy way to play the tainted supplement thing because that is not out of the question also it makes you wonder why didn't he fail any drug tests before the weigh-in that's a little weird if he was on a supplement the whole time yeah sure yeah and that's 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 something that you got to question i put out that tweet that's got something like a thousand retweets of vince mcmahon and how he probably looks going into negotiations with brock lesnar now because yeah John Jones could be looking at anywhere between a two- to four-year suspension unless it's proven contaminated. Then he's probably looking at six to ten months or something like that. And I'm not saying that it's impossible that this is con- this was a contaminated supplement because the thing is it strikes me as very, very unusual that John Jones would do that after what he went through prior. You think so? Yeah, you would. not. Yeah. I think the first thing we should say is we're doing this on August 23rd. This is the day after this story broke. And so the investigation is ongoing. And USADA yes. and the California State Athletic Commission have to go through their process. So uh, I think we owe you know at least John Jones the respect of saying that. Because a lot of people are already condemning him and saying you're an idiot. And that could prove to be true. But right now we don't know the whole situation. All we can do is go by what we've heard. And um, what Frank Lester said... On Facebook, so Frank Lester is uh, John Jones' teammate at uh, Jackson Wink Academy in New Mexico. He, Heads up, their amateur fighters, many of them. And he he Coach. thinks that John Jones was set up somehow. Um, uh, my business partner Luke in this company, he was telling me about the Ben Johnson. Do you remember the Ben Johnson situation? 
I do, somewhat. So he allegedly was given a beer um, somewhere prior to the race of the Olympics, and the beer was tainted, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it's always possible that he was supposedly set up. At the same time, you'd think that John, given what he went through, given that he was going to be under the microscope for this fight, uh, and given that to a lot of people, his, his career was already tainted based on everything he'd done, you'd think that he would have been really smart about everything that went into his body. Everything, yeah. everything that went. Well, I guarantee you, they kept samples of everything. I guarantee you, they did. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. So we're gonna see. I mean, it's gonna really be unfortunate if it comes back that he did this again, that he took some kind of a supplement without doing his proper due diligence, because this guy would have been the greatest of all time. I mean, yeah, as of as of this moment, I consider Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson hands down the best of all time, without a doubt. That that's in my opinion. Now, there, there are a few aspects to this because, you know, this was going to have a major factor in Brock Lesnar's negotiations. Absolutely. Yeah. Now you have to wonder if, you know, if John Jones has four years off, there's no way he's not doing something combat sports related or wrestling related or something like that. But here's my thing. John Jones screws up a lot from DUIs to um, the car accidents to the cocaine to all that. I'm not saying he's on the straight and narrow I will not say that at all, but I will say that it strikes me as a little unusual that this happened because Absolutely. I because I know that John had a team in place to take care of this type of stuff, and whether that team wants to mask a bunch of stuff or whether that team is there to make sure he doesn't take anything, mm-hmm. he's got the best coaching staff in MMA in Jackson Wink. Mm-hmm. I know he's got a good team around him. The the setup thing I don't know, but I do know that USADA that many at USADA do not like John Jones. There's always been that story about how they were very upset about how he allegedly hit underneath a ring. Yeah, Chael Sonnen said that, right? Yeah, no. and Chael Sonnen says, "I can tell you, I can't tell you that John Jones hit under a ring, but I can tell you that USADA thinks that he did." Right. To the point to where they were considering getting a forensic scientist or something of that nature to uh, to pursue it. Man, it's it's very very it's it's all like foggy. I mean, it's definitely suspect that they think that he took this supplement or whatever it was sometime between the weigh-in and fight night. To me, that's pretty suspect. Um, but at, yes. the sa- at, at the same time, like I said, if and, I'm if I'm John Jones, you know, if I was John Jones, and again, I know I'm under the microscope, and I know that a lot of people are looking at me the wrong way. Like I said, I would be watching everything that went into my body, everything, not yeah. just supplements, food, liquids. I'd be watching everything that went in. So I don't know. You know? I would imagine that they are keeping, like I said, samples of everything, mm-hmm. and they should. Mm-hmm. They should have. I hope they did. Do you know that that's that's a fact? Like even food and everything? Are they keeping samples of all that? Well, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, But according to Ian Kidd, this steroid is not even produced for human or veterinary consumption anymore. I saw that. I read his report. So only like shady labs produce it, according to him. And he is a pretty, pretty solid... pretty solid source on the matter. And didn't you sort of have a list of supplements they say not to take... And something like seven or eight of them have Turinabol in them. Yeah. Right? So, I don't know. I guess we'll find out, man. I mean, it's it's really unfortunate for him. And the UFC, man. You you talk about uh, being on your knees pleading to Conor McGregor not give up after the fight this weekend because they have nothing else. 
Well, Conor McGregor has been pretty steadfast in saying I'm going to keep doing MMA. And Dana White, when when people talked to him this weekend, I think it was Kendrick even mentioned that to him. Uh, he said, how about that ownership stake that he talked about? And he said, you know, it's never been done before, but I can't say no in a situation like this. And when Dana White said, yeah, I'm sure we're going to have the money talk again, and I welcome that in this case. But, did you, see you know. If, did you see Dana White's T-shirt at the media scrum? No, I didn't. Team McGregor. Yeah. That guy's all in. Dana White of is course. all in on, on Conor well, McGregor. Well, he better hope that Conor McGregor will take what he gives him because if a Conor McGregor spearheads an MMA Fighters Association, we're talking about a much different situation. Yeah. Than, I don't think I don't think he will. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't think he will either, especially the way he talked. Yeah. I will say that Daniel Cormier's statement was very Fighters Association-esque where he said stuff like, uh, we get our our processes that we go through as fighters and athletes, and I'm going to respect that, and I'm going to try to stay away from comment until that happens. Because if they had a fighters association, you better believe that fighters association is clawing tooth and nail for John Jones in this situation. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. But they I don't mean, have I'm, that. John Jones, you know, if anybody knows or if anybody has any idea about this, it'd be John Jones, obviously. Yeah. So we'll see. And, and if it turns out that it was a tainted supplement. There's no way I can see him explaining that away. How do you explain that away? You did that already once. Right? Hey, it happens, man. It does happen. It's happened a lot, the tainted supplements. But you with you got to be smarter than that after, after what's already well, happened I mean, to him. Well, I know, but that's, that's, not really, that's not really his fault. I mean, for all we know, he could have taken a picture of it, sent it to USADA. They give him the thumbs up, but it's still tainted. I mean, that's possible. Because, I mean, that's the thing. The, the tainted supplements aren't illegal supplements. Yeah, yeah. They are legal supplements that have been tainted with an illegal substance that was maybe cross-contaminated or in the same lab. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's interesting that of all people, it happened to him. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Let's, uh, let's get into the fight this weekend. So, uh, McGregor, Mayweather, who you got? Mayweather. Mayweather. And how? Decision. And now, as a guy who runs a crossover website, in my heart, I want Conor McGregor to win because you know what I want, Jimmy? I want those, those <laughs> clickety clacks. That's what I want. <laughs> you know what? I'm curious, Nigel. Yeah. So you are not an MMA fan, really, or boxing or combat sports in general, but you're well aware of this fight, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I've seen posters for it everywhere. So who do you think is going to win? Uh, I know Mayweather more than I know McGregor, so I'm going to go with Mayweather. going to go with Mayweather. Yeah. You know what? I have to give props to Conor McGregor, and you know why? Because he has somehow managed to convince a lot of people that he has a chance. Uh, he somehow managed, a guy with a zero and zero boxing record, has managed to convince people he has a chance. I know a lot of uh, Irish people in Toronto, Sean. Uh, matter of fact, Nicola, you met, is in our office as an example. Yeah. I know several people from Ireland and Toronto, and most of them, except for maybe one that I can think of, are convinced McGregor's going to win this fight, right? They're convinced. What's Nicola thinking? Uh, I, so I haven't asked her, 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 her opinion on the outcome, but she's a massive McGregor person, so she's probably picking McGregor. But uh, I personally, aside from the old puncher's chance thing everybody talks about, I don't see how he has any chance. Like, any chance. Uh, and it's shocking to me that so many people are picking McGregor. The only thing I will say, because I, I did a little research into like Floyd and when he last fought and all that. Uh, he turned 40 in February. He last fought almost two years ago, September of 15 against Andre Berto. Time catches up to everybody. 
and you know That's what true. kind of fighter he is, right? He's uh, he's all about the reflexes and the, and the and the defense. So if his speed and reflexes aren't what they used to be, you never know. But he's not fighting. Do you remember? Uh, uh, wrestling fans won't know this, but do you remember uh, when Floyd Mayweather fought Sugar Shane, Sugar Shane Mosley? Yes. And he caught him with a stiff shot in the second round. Yes. Right. If that fight happened now, he probably would have dropped Floyd with that punch. But at the, at the time, Floyd was still young enough. I don't see McGregor having the technique to get in there and land a shot like that. He just doesn't have the experience or the technique. Yeah, so. I don't know. I don't know what kind of technique he has. To me, like the the situation, the only situation really I see McGregor able to win here. And I, I did a full breakdown. It's on Holy Smokes MMA podcast, and I produced the the individual breakdown. If you all want to watch that as well, is up against the ropes. That's where Mayweather has had the most trouble in his career. And to, again, to say that he's had the most trouble there, he hasn't really had that much trouble. There. Right, right. But he's extending his reach, maybe. That that's that's the best opportunity McGregor has. But we don't know if he'll fight like that or if he'll go super inside like Maidana did up against the ropes. When uh, Connor, when Floyd Mayweather rolls out and circles off the ropes, he always goes to his right, almost always. That would be right into the left of a Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. That's the best chance I think he has. And I'm just saying that's the best chance I think he has. Not, I think it's going to happen. Right. Well, I, I'm picking Mayweather either by decision or by referee stoppage. Uh, he's not going to knock Conor out, but it might be by referee stoppage if maybe, you know, if Floyd gets the timing down, if Conor's technique's not there, if it gets to the point where Floyd is teeing off at will, I can see yeah. the referee stopping it. That Those are the only two outcomes that I envision. I, I want to ask you a question. Uh, and this is, again, something that my business partner mentioned to me the other day. Showboating is allowed in a fight, correct? Yes, it is. Is it not, therefore, legal for Connor to feint a head kick or a takedown and not actually do anything? Now, as far as the Queensberry rules and things like that go, I'm not completely familiar with those because there are some things that are off limits in that regard. So if it yeah, was I, me, if I, don't, he, I don't think he would even risk it because of the percentage of his purse that he would lose. Really? You think so? Because yeah. if he doesn't actually do anything, if he only feints it just to kind of get Floyd thinking a little bit, I would do that. If I was Conor McGregor, I would do that. I would, I would, uh, I would feint a, a head kick. I would. Yes. And I'll be completely honest with you, just because sure. it'll make Conor McGregor bigger in the end. If I'm Conor McGregor and you're going into the twelfth round and you you're way behind on points, kick him in the head. Just yeah, it's done. it's uh well, I mean it. He's gonna lose too much money to do that. He ain't doing that. They they would sue his ass. But think about how enormous he'd be coming out of that fight if he nah, did that. Yeah. I don't think so. You know what I? You know what I thought of when uh, when we were talking about this whole fainting head kiss thing? I thought of Mr. T and Roddy Piper. Yeah. When Roddy Piper slammed him, whenever that was, the third round or whatever that was. So, never know, Sean. Well, like, the, this, this fight's going to be huge. We're going to have a post-show podcast, myself, Joe, Carlos. I think Carlos is doing both a Fightful boxing podcast as well as a Spanish-language-speaking uh, update, week update. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I figured, because I'm like, is anybody doing that? I don't know. There are no Spanish-language-speaking fighters in this fight. But I'm sure they still care about it. Might as well bring all those eyes to Fightful.com. Sure, that's that's but an actually interesting thing to do for sure. Full live coverage of the fight. It's gonna be big. It is gonna be big, one way or another. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's turn our focus back onto wrestling. So, firstly, 
Sure. I want to congratulate Tyler, and I apologize if I say your name wrong, Prestopine, Newcastle, Pennsylvania. You won this bad boy right here uh, in the SummerSlam contest that we did in the forums of Fightful.com. I'm going to get that out in the mail to you tomorrow. And uh, I want to do another contest. I have about four more of these Ric Flair Defining Moments action figures, so I want to do another contest, and I will figure out with Sean what that contest is going to be. Um, SummerSlam, man, on uh, Sunday night. What did you think? What were your thoughts? Overall, a solid show sandwiched between two great matches in the SmackDown tag match and the, the main event. I thought the main event was incredible. <laughs> I looked at my match ratings, and I was talking to who our MMA fans will know as Nikita Krylov fan. But I realized I gave it the same match rating as Okada Omega because I enjoyed it so much. Oh, really? I did. I gave it a 9.25 because it's it, to me it's not about technique and execution. It's about how much I enjoyed watching the match. That's what oh, my rating is. Yes. It's not like how well can Braun Strowman apply a headlock and then go into a drop toe hold. To me, I agree. how much did I have fun watching this match? And I had so much fun watching that match. I agree. Um, Braun was phenomenal in that match. I think everybody was loving Braun. He came out the biggest baby face maybe in the entire company after that match. Uh, now, I don't want to go too far ahead of myself, but uh, Brock versus Braun at no mercy, September 24th. Do you think it's too soon? I would have made that. I would have called an audible. And I would have made Cena versus Reigns uh, for WrestleMania and Strowman versus Lesnar for WrestleMania. What this makes me fear, Jimmy, is that Braun ends up working John Cena and losing at WrestleMania. That'd be uh, interesting. You know, you know how they love to do that. And Roman oh, and Brock got somebody then? really over, huh? And Roman and Brock then? Yeah, Roman and Brock probably, unfortunately. But, I mean, not to say that would be a bad match or anything, but... So I don't, uh, I don't like the idea of a Brock Lesnar in the main event of WrestleMania with his contract expiring uh, 36 hours later. Yeah, no, I agree. Not a big fan of that. So uh, Baron Corbin. So last week on this podcast, and you know I'm not a fan of Baron Corbin. I still don't see money in him, and I don't know if that opinion will ever change. But when he failed on the cash-in, I wanted to wait until after SummerSlam with the expectation that he was going to beat Cena, and that was his big receipt. And he goes in there, and he gets beat clean. So, uh, I don't know, man. Now they're putting him in the U.S. title picture. I don't know what they're thinking about Baron Corbin. It seems like they, they're they flipping on the weekly with him now all of a sudden. To be honest, the U.S. title promotion or title picture might be a promotion. <laughs> it might be. Consider, considering who holds the world title. It might but, be, yeah. And speaking yeah. of, speaking of, uh, of gender... Um, I, I tweeted about this after after this took place. I'm tired of the Singh brothers' shtick. I'm tired of it. I give them all the credit in the world for taking the bumps they take, but I'm tired of it. Uh, and in my opinion, it's insulting to the intelligence of the fans. How is it that two guys are allowed to run into the ring, whether they attack the opponent or not? They're still allowed to run into the ring, uh, distract them so Ginger can just come up and do the, the Cobra Clutch Slam. How is yeah, that? Uh it was not a Cobra Cup clutch slam on Sunday. Yeah, I argued with people about that. Oh my God. I saw had people that. saying that Nakamura sandbagged him, and I was like, all right, guys. So that's not how you apply a Cobra clutch. There was no rear naked choke to that at all. You basically put a quarter Nelson on, or half Nelson on the head that drags the arm closer. You grab it, you do the move. Jinder messed up his own finish yeah. that he's been doing for months. Yeah, he did, but the, but the fact of the matter is, it's the same tired finish that they've done with him. Sure is. Show after show, month after month. 
It's why did uh, I don't understand it, man. And and when the time comes that Ginger loses that title, I still think that he is perceived by the fans as being enhancement talent because he's being booked to look like enhancement talent. When he loses the title, I, he's not going to remain in the main event spot. Like people aren't going to buy it. I'll say it's this: tight. I have enjoyed the consistency of his booking in that he's just an enhancement guy that got a couple of cronies. That's it. Yeah. But I don't like that it's the same finish every single time. Man, like, what, they what can, this they would can tell do me? that and be creative about it, but they're not. You know, I, I want to talk later about Dolph Ziggler, but uh, Dolph Ziggler on SmackDown was joking around. He's being cynical about what he needs to do to be successful. All he needs are cronies. It's true. And then just have him run in, distract the opponent, him with your finisher, and, and go home. I mean, that's what they're basically telling you, right? A couple years ago after, after John Cena disposed of the Wyatt family, I was like, God, he beat up all these guys. What— he can't feud with just one guy after that. I thought that back then they should have had like a heel doghouse stable of The Miz, Zack Ryder, and Dolph Ziggler. Guys who worked with John Cena in high situations and then their careers went right down the crapper right. and they all blamed him. Right. And that's that's the approach that should have been taken. I think that Dolph Ziggler could still make that work, probably with a Baron Corbin and Rusev, but I don't know where the hell Rusev's going to be. He wasn't on the show Tuesday. Randy Orton wasn't on the show Tuesday. So it was weird. I, uh, I, have... I will say I I love the idea. Somebody either tweeted me or posted on our video or on our podcast where they said the Singh brothers should just attach themselves to whatever the world champion is and just show up and clap for them. <laughs> like Sunny did that with the tag team champions. She did. Yeah, she, she joined the Godwins. That's right. And the and the and the uh, the smoking guns. Smoking guns. Yeah. yeah. So I was going to talk about this later, but I I, uh, I want to put my booking hat on for a second when it comes to Rusev. Yes. Uh, because when I saw Dolph Ziggler's promo on SmackDown, for some reason the first person I thought of was Rusev. And, uh, you know, you talk about he wasn't even on SmackDown last night. Uh, he was destroyed by, by Orton in like eight seconds at SummerSlam. Uh, you think about when Vince McMahon said, you know, he questioned if Cesaro was supposedly struggling because he was Swiss. That's what Vince McMahon actually said. Maybe he thinks Rusev is struggling because he's Bulgarian, because that's Vince McMahon. But I saw that Dolph Ziggler promo, and I thought to myself, it is time to turn Rusev babyface. And all they got to do, even though I realize Ziggler and Dolph have wor- uh, Ziggler and Rusev have worked in the past, all they got to do is has has Dolph look at Lana as the example of what WWE wants, right? Look at her as the example of what the fans supposedly want. Have Dolph focus on her as his little target. And start to bully her around. Finally culminates in an in-ring segment. She's cowering on the mat. Dolph is frustrated over her. They hit Rusev's music. Everybody knows they're married. Yeah. Right? They're not they're not fooling anybody. Tell me if that happened and Rusev motors on out there and makes the save for Lana that the crowd would not eat that up. I, I would love it. I always said that the reintroduction of Rusev as a serious character has to involve Lana. Absolutely. Like somehow has to involve Lana. Even if she's not out with him to the ring, yeah, it, it has to involve her somehow. Like maybe she gets fed up of him losing. She doesn't want to be with a loser anymore. Maybe it's because somebody does like what you said, threatens or compromises her safety, and he ain't having that. Yep, he's too good. He's too good. Yes, and if you give it, if he asks for his release, it then in ninety days he's probably global force champion. Or working for New Japan, one or the other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's not going to do that, I don't think, so long as Lon is there. But, uh, yeah, they definitely could be doing I mean, I even think, just because, again, WWE 
is disrespectful of the intelligence of the fans. The fans know that Lon is not Russian. Yes. They know this, right? Why not actually show them some respect and acknowledge on television that she's not actually Russian? They, she, Dolph should do that. Dolph should he, say, right, he could. I know that you did that to get ahead. Like, right. I know that you're playing their game type of thing. Dolph should do that. Sure. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it could play into the whole thing. Rusev, babyface. I think it would be great. Right now, um, they're getting those Total Divas checks, though, both of them. That's good. How an much extra six figures. Do probably. they get that much? Imagine they get an extra six figures a year. I would assume. Oh, that's nice. Uh, we're running behind today because of our little issue. Uh, I want to go into one more thing, and then we'll go to the first clip. So uh, when I was watching SummerSlam, and I don't want to go off on a massive tangent, but I, I want to talk about it. And I saw the booking of Jinder Mahal with the Singh brothers. Uh, one thing that bothered me, and maybe it didn't bother you, but it bothered me, they had the up, up, down, down segment. Did mm -hmm. you see that? Uh, yes. And it was for like Rocket Legend or something, Rocket League, whatever. And they had Neville on one of the teams. Um, yes. All of, watching all of that made me think to myself, one of the issues that WWE is having today, in my opinion, is that they're making it difficult for the fans to suspend their disbelief. And the reason that I really like a guy like Brock Lesnar is because he makes it easy. Braun Strowman is another one. He makes it easy for you to believe what they're doing. And let me ask you this, Sean. You know that for 40 years, Vince McMahon has dipped his toe into other businesses outside of wrestling, right? He tried promoting the Sugar Ray Leonard fight. Uh, he tried the World Bodybuilding Federation, the XFL, all this other shit. Do you think that one of the reasons he did that, not so much because he was looking to diversify his revenue streams, was because he was looking for acceptance from the mainstream? Because the mainstream has always looked at wrestling as being lowbrow entertainment. Uh, and he was looking for more of that acceptance. He hated the, the perception that the mainstream had of pro wrestling. Do you think that might be the reason why he tried out those other types of businesses? And do you think that might be the reason why they will have a guy out of character in a segment on the wrestling show when he's like in character 10 minutes later in a match is because he wants to show the mainstream, look, this guy's not really like this. This guy, is, he's intelligent, and he's jokey, and he plays video games. Like, why do you think that they do that? Because you would never see a movie, let's say Batman, and in the middle of a serious scene, they're going to have the actors off drinking a beer, shooting the shit. Yeah. Nigel's <laughs> laughing, but, but quite frankly, this is a problem they've always had in wrestling, where, yes, it's entertainment, and we all know it's entertainment, but you don't break character in the middle of your show. During you the middle of the it. show, yeah, I completely agree. Right? Jimmy, it's all as simple as money. Xavier Woods is doing those things, say there are hefty fines for those who step out of line while we're filming this. No, I, I have no problem with that. I have no problem I with know, that. I know, but I mean, they don't do it. They don't do it. But what I'm saying they is... They never give these guys a reason to not be beating the shit out of each other or... or I get what you're saying. I, like I, look, I look at it like this. So, so you remember when Mr. Man was in Beyond the Mat? And he told the director, whatever his name was, Barry Blaustein or whatever, he told him, we make movies. And that was how Vince McMahon wanted the perception to be. We have characters, we have stories, we have good guys, we have bad guys, we make movies. And that's what he wants you to think, right? As you and I both know, pro wrestling is not like traditional television. And it's not like traditional movies in that these guys play their characters in public all the time. They do. When Roman Reigns is at the airport, Roman Reigns is not Joe on Hawaii, Right? He's not being approached by people saying, hey, Joe, loved what you did uh, you know, as Roman Reigns the other night. He's approached as Roman Reigns. 
That's the difference between TV and movies, right? And this man either doesn't understand that or he doesn't want to understand that. When I was watching SummerSlam, and I can't remember if Neville's match happened before the Up Up Down segment or after, but it was right around the same time. And there you have this guy going to the ring, and he's angry, and his hair is down his face, and you know he's supposed to be like the king of the cruiserweights. And then there he is, looking like a nerd with glasses and a toque and a, and a, and a, and a animated you know cartoon T-shirt playing video games on the same show. And I watched that, thinking this is part of your problem. Like, how are people going to get into Neville as a character when you show him playing video games, looking kind of intellectual, nerdy type kind of thing on the same? Well, I mean, how does that make any sense at all? That I don't as much mind. If he's standing next to somebody that he hates on TV, that's a bigger problem. They to do me. that too. They do that too. Because you know? I mean, I I believe that these people they do have lives outside of wrestling. Although I do wish that Vince that it was revealed that Vince McMahon followed draws and was just like, he's got a puke. Yeah, he, he's got a puke. Yeah, but again, they have lives outside of wrestling, just like actors have lives outside of television and movies. But during the TV show, they don't show that actor living his life. During yeah. the movie, they don't cut a scene so that those two actors can go hang out at a bar. Yeah, show it off TV. That's that to me is a big reason. It's it's the same thing as when they'll they'll uh, they'll cut to a commercial during Raw and then they show an episode of Ride Along, and they have two guys that might be feuding on television and they're driving together in a car down the street. This It'd is part be of the like problem. If in the middle of an Evolve event, they showed Matt Riddle. And Timothy Thatcher being bros because we know that they're not. But fortunately, I was able to speak to the resident bro Matt Riddle to play a little bro or no. Digging holes, digging holes, <laughs> digging holes. <laughs> the guy's got it. He still got it. Okay, Matt. Now we're gonna play bro or no. Bro or no? Where I'm going to name off several wrestlers, and you tell me if they're a bro or no. Got it. I can and do maybe, this. And maybe why. And maybe why. The Young Bucks. Oh, they're bro. Jeffrey Cobb. Bro. Triple H. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you technically just said no. You said no, so he's not a bro. James Ellsworth, the big hog. Definitely not. No. What's up with your comments about James Ellsworth recently? Are you intimidated by the hog? Is is that what's going on in the streets? That's that's what Daniel Bryan says. Apparently James Ellsworth has a giant hog. That's awesome. That's that's the, the rumor. I mean, is is that why you said that he shouldn't be signed? That's not definitely not the reason. I I never said he shouldn't be signed. Did I? You said something like it. You say a lot of shit, Matt. I do say a lot of shit. I don't think I don't think it was that he shouldn't be signed. I think I said there's a job for anybody in pro wrestling. There's John Cena. At the top of the spectrum, and then there's James Ellsworth at the bottom of the spectrum, and they're both hired by WWE. And I don't, and it's nothing against either. They're both entertaining, and that's what you know you do in the WWE. 
Okay, we'll let that one slide. But no, he's not a bro. Joey Janela. He's a bro. Even after all that shit he talked about you on the internet? That's what makes him so bro. He keeps it real. I can appreciate that. Excalibur. Who's Excalibur? Then that's a no. Super Dragon. He's a bro. Hmm. Zack Sabre Jr. He's a bro. Alberto Del Rio. I've never met. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Alberto Del Rio, so I can't really, you know, I can't really tell you if he's a real bro or not. Everybody else you've mentioned, I've, you know, met, so. Could, could you beat up Alberto Del Rio? I, I think I would do very well against Alberto. I have a very high-level ground, you know, high-level ground game, and, uh, my MMA is pretty high level too, so he he was gonna go to the Olympics as a wrestler, Matt. But he didn't. But he didn't. I hey, How about hey. Tony Nice? He's a bro. Drew Gulak. He's a bro. Gerald Briscoe. He's a bro. Is he Gerald Brisk bro? He's jailed brisk, bro. I saw him try to shoot on you once. He did. How'd that go? I believe I swept him right over, and then uh, that was it. I was just giggling. This is a good. Were time. you He's... impressed with his gumption? I'm impressed with the strength he wields at his age. I always hear that. Like you would hear that, like backstage in WWE, like he would be out at the bar and he would try to wrestle people. Dude, he's ridiculously strong. He, he's like this. He's one of the stronger guys I've encountered in the professional wrestling game, and he's probably one of the oldest as well. I know that that was at the Monster Factory. What kind of feedback did he give you, if any, back then? That, those were your early, early days. They were the early days. Uh, <laughs> you know, he he said uh, said nothing but positive things. To be honest. Say great things. So keep up the hard work. You got potential. How often do you speak to a William Regal? I actually haven't seen him since WrestleMania weekend. It's been a while. What was that like? Did you? Did he? He came in. He give talked. You any input? At, he talked at the seminar. Uh, I wouldn't say he gave me input, you know, he spoke highly of me and I spoke highly of, you know, it's, we're, you know, we're working together, you know, like he, he, William Regal's a good guy. And I think he's, he's big into the realism and seriousness of professional wrestling. So my style, body language and all that 
he you know he really appreciates that and he puts it over especially when he talks at like seminars and stuff with evolve you know all right you guys are back bro or no do you consider matt a bro you you don't interact with him a whole lot no not too much he's always been cool to me though sometimes he'll interact with me like I'll, i'll get like messages or snaps or something from him like three or four straight days maybe and then don't he- then he'll not reply to anything at all <laughs> that's him so i told you that he was always hard to reach until i said hey can i send you a sean ross Sapp t-shirt and you got back to me within two seconds i'm not shocked everybody should go over to, <laughs> to prowrestlingtees.com slash fightful and get their own beautiful we got that new one you have opinionated wrongfully no we need to get that up on the on the screen somehow. So. Yeah, we'll work on it. We'll work on getting something. So uh, prior to the Riddle clip, I was talking about uh, the suspension of disbelief. And speaking yeah. speaking of that, what the hell was with John Cena on Raw this week? I tweeted what that if, if somebody asked me how I thought John Cena would act if he smoked a bag of meth, that's how. <laughs> right. He I love, I love, Sean, I love Nigel's like, laughter on this while you're doing that. Hey. So, like, here's the thing, man. Like, I I hate the notion of John Cena buries everybody. John Cena buries everybody. He's put over a ton of people. I a ton of people. There, There is the Nexus story, but, I mean, if you have one of those stories in 15 years, I think it's a pretty good ratio, yeah? Yeah, but he was, always, pretty... he, he was told what to do with Nexus, though, wasn't he? He was told... He wanted to make this big comeback after getting DDT'd on the floor, and that was up for... That was really up to them. Yeah. But yeah. He, he – and he said he was wrong this weekend when asked about it. The Baron Corbin thing, I was flat out told John Cena was sending Baron Corbin a message. And given given what I had kind of heard – I don't know if you heard on the other podcast. Some of the guys found out that Baron Corbin had them blocked and muted and all this stuff on social media. And a lot of the agents – well, I don't want to say a lot of the agents – some people that work for WWE didn't. They were like, "That's a little weird," especially the old school guys, where everything's a fraternity. Kind of looked at that as like, "Oh, that's weird. Why didn't you just mute them, or why don't you just ignore them?" Hey, you tell me to do that all the time. Yeah, I, I do. So first off, with all with all due respect to Baron Corbin, if Baron Corbin was five ten, he he'd be working at concessions. There you go. And that is a fact. He's got. I don't see money in the guy. Yeah, the guy used to be a pro football player, and he's six five or whatever he is. Tall. I I don't see money in the guy. Uh, at least with Rusev, you know, the real life Rusev has got personality and he's charming and he's funny. Baron Corbin's just an asshole. It doesn't matter if he's on TV or not. And that's my opinion. As far as John Cena goes, we always put him over for the schedule that he keeps because he keeps a hell of a schedule, and he has been unselfish with putting guys over. But one of the knocks about him going back a lot of years has been that he is sometimes, you know, doesn't take things seriously and he smiles through promos sometimes when he shouldn't and he treats things like a joke. I watched him in that segment with The Miz and you know what? Full marks to The Miz for doing his best to get that whole thing over and he Miz even acknowledged that the crowd was with him when, when he was cutting that promo. And there was Cena with a smile on his face even when Miz tried to stop him when he was going to leave the ring. And Miz tried, yeah. to, tried to stop him. Miz, Cena still looked at him with a smile on his face. He was, you know, uh, admonishing the security guys for taking away the, the, the beach balls. The whole thing was improvised, by the way. Cena pretending to leave. No, Miz I'm sure it was. Grabbing him, yeah. I'm sure it was. But I'm just saying, I watched that going, how are you benefiting anybody? How is that of any benefit to Samoa Joe? How is it any benefit to The Miz, to Roman Reigns, acting the way you're acting? I, or I to himself. It. 
or to, or to himself. himself or to himself yeah. i think that he undermines a lot of stuff like that we either get jokey john cena or way too serious john cena the worst in my opinion is when we get both right because right. what he's what he told us sunday night as soon as he rolled out and put that hat on was don't care about this match because i don't mm. that's that's what he said and when he's out there doing stuff like that Making uh, it's Roman Reigns and John Cena, mm -hmm. two people who the WWE view as the guy and the guy who's going to be on par with that eventually. Mm -hmm. At least in WWE's eyes, this is like their Junior Roast Beef version of The Rock and Hulk Hogan in, in <laughs> Vince McMahon's eyes. Junior Roast Beef version. Yeah, because it ain't the big beef battle. We all know that. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. But John Cena, the way that he acted, I thought was just inexcusable. I thought that I the way. Yeah. The way that he sabotaged the main event with the beach ball horse shit, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. inexcusable. Mm -hmm. And it's coming from a guy who, like, you know, has, has said before, like, oh, I'll be the leader of the locker room. When I hear that and I see, like, I wonder what kind of message that sends to a Roman Reigns who, by all accounts, is willing to step up and be that locker room leader, kicked Enzo off a bus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. When Reigns has to work with this. I I kind of hope somebody asserts some sort of dominance. The Miz did it in his promo. Yes, He's he like, did. I'm not going to heal you guys. I uh, they're cheering me and they should be cheering me. Yeah. The yeah. Miz the Miz did it. Like I mean the Miz has earned every bit of what he's done. He does all the media. He does he puts in all the work too. Don't you so. wish don't you wish that Roman Reigns had the Miz's personality and ability to talk? My god. You talk he, about a stud if he had yeah. that, you know, but he doesn't. He's happy to be there like the Usos. So, a uh, couple noteworthy injuries. Uh, first one being Asuka, who I believe Kurt Angle referred to as Asuka. Right? Did you hear about that? Yes. Asuka. Asuka. So, broken collarbone and then big cast, torn ACL. Uh, unfortunate in both cases, especially big cast. He's up for, uh, unfortunate up for nine months. For WWE, especially. He's a number, he's a needle mover for them. Mm -hmm. Whether you and I think so or not, or whether the people watching this show think so or not. WWE is very high on Big Cass, and even though Enzo has a lot of heat on him, they're high on him too because he also pushes that. Alex and I talk about it every week when we talk about the YouTube numbers, which are still coming out this week, guys. Obviously, John Jones and his drug habit have uh, <laughs> alleged, alleged. There you go. There you go. Have affected some things. John and Jones and his crack pipe. No, that's not what you mean. It's not what you mean. No, he does cocaine, not crack, or did cocaine, not crack, but. They're needle movers, and the, the YouTube numbers show it, and apparently WWE notices it, and Enzo still comes out there and gets a reaction. He got a huge reaction on 205 Live last night. Uh, so, also, he said that he took a poop to make the weight. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, we have an article up on it on Fightful.com. That's why I like having Alex. Because, uh -huh. like, you know, if, if, if I say, hey, Alex, there's this article that needs to be done about Enzo Amore dropping a deuce in order to make weight he's like oh yeah sure very interesting so um okay i asked you this uh, over text the other night big cast's youtube videos is enzo in all those videos not all of them and even if he is he's not advertised in them like you can't see him in the thumbnail you can't see him in the title like in the, really like really yeah. i find that so hard to believe um, but whatever. And then my other thing was Enzo going on a 205 Live. Now, we had spoken in the past about how this was a good suggestion for him. 
and how this is going to elevate the cruiserweight division, which it is. Yeah. But but my question for you is obviously I think he was probably put on that show because with Cass injured he needs something to do for nine months. Uh, but do you think that this is a demotion in the eyes of Vince McMahon putting him on that show and putting him in the cruiserweight division? I don't, and I had a few people say that to me. No, I think it's more of them wanting to raise the profile of 205 Live. Right. I think that's that's more what it has to do with, honestly. Okay, I mean, he will do it. He's he's He has as good a chance as anybody. I think do he it, does, right? too. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Rob, Rob Lapika in the chat said, is, <laughs> is Nigel drilling for maple syrup? What is that noise? <laughs> Okay, first off, as far as I know, they use manual things for that with trees, as far as I know. I could be wrong, Nigel. Yeah, no, they... they I think it's a manual process. There's some there's some cool new things out there. But oh, is there for maple syrup? Yeah, really? I think so. There you go. Maple syrup procurement. They have new new things. Let's go to Stupid People, Nigel. Sure. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. Back? I don't know. You're, you're yeah, we're back. 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 We're back. When it comes to stupid people, just let me uh, do the cut or cut back or whatever. You sure, call it. sure. Because you're just going to talk about the people drilling below you anyway. I might as well because they're all stupid in some capacity, so I yep. should. So uh, first off, Trevor Strong, TrevorStrong.org. Thanks for the usage of the stupid song. I hope the drilling's not too annoying for people because if it is, we can sh we can stop the show early this week. Gotta let me know. So uh, we're never going to have anything as good as the donkey from last week. Uh, but but I got some, some for you anyway. So it was reported on August 17th by the Associated Press that 58-year-old David Bookstaver, who was the longtime communications chief for the New York State court system, was fired after he inadvertently dialed a reporter's voicemail and it recorded his conversation with somebody else and in that conversation, he said, I'm not doing anything. I barely show up to work. Like, yeah. okay, so as as a reporter, because uh -huh. when I'm not doing this, I occasionally do some work. Uh -huh. That is the dream scenario. <laughs> is like, it? <laughs> so you, just, what you want. Of, of Vince McMahon dialing up my number and being like, well, goddamn, pal. How would you. sit around here anymore. How would you feel if Stephanie McMahon called you by mistake while she was telling somebody else about her night with Randy Savage? What's how would that How would that make your life if you heard that one? What's the next one you got? So uh, on August, this is dated August 21st. It was reported by the New Times in Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, that 23-year-old, I think you're going to like this one. It's not as good as the donkey, but 23-year-old Marcus Cologne had just completed a nine-month sentence for larceny at the Bridgeport Correctional Center. And when he was being escorted out the front door by a corrections officer, the officer said, don't come back. And Cologne turned around and punched him in the face. <laughs> he was immediately pepper sprayed, dragged back to a cell, didn't even get out of the, out of the place. And he's been charged with interfering with an officer, assault on a public safety officer, breach of peace and disorderly conduct. Well, first off, that, that's a horrible thing to do. <laughs> It's a hilarious thing to do, but it's a horrible <laughs> thing to do. I would never advocate something like that. What kind of time is he facing? Uh, they didn't. As of that story, it wasn't in there. They didn't say. Man. Yeah, that's I'm pretty awesome. To think, yeah. Oh man. Let's go to you the last think one. They would put him like in the in the longest yard hot box or something. Like. <laughs> <laughs> 
So this last one is dated August 21st. It was reported to by the uh, Orlando Sentinel. 22-year-old Jackson Feliciano Rosado was arrested on suspicion of stealing a car after he pulled over to look at the solar eclipse. <laughs> Sheriffs were following him when he pulled over. He went and bought a welder's mask, went back to the car, put the welder's mask on, looked up at the sky. And a funny little side note that the Sentinel had in the story, welder's masks are not approved eclipse viewing devices. Yeah, and we had a lot of people out here using those. Really? There were a ton of people. Uh, yeah, by the way, that was super overrated. The eclipse was trash. Yeah, I didn't even bother. I didn't even bother. <laughs> it was garbage. Yeah, like that, Nigel, the eclipse was trash. It was, it was trash. Yeah, the eclipse was trash. Was total trash. And we had, like, a great... We had, like, whatever they said, 98 or 93% totality or whatever the hell it was. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, garbage. Absolute trash of an eclipse. <laughs> Kristen Stewart would be disappointed. Whoever the hell played those other guys that aren't doing shit in that movie anymore. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, uh, you know something, man? It was 17 or 18 years ago. I worked with a fella, a young fella, that was on the radar of WWE, and he was on the radar of WCW, and he always got called to do enhancement matches, where he was the enhancement in the matches. He did a lot of WCW, whatever they call the Saturday night, and he did Velocity, and he did Sunday Night Heat, and uh, he was always so how, known. How's Crazy K doing now? <laughs> a little better, a little better. <laughs> but he was always known to be, locally, he was known to be the guy that just wasn't getting a contract, the guy that had all the tools, wasn't getting the contract. 18 years later, Bobby Roode debuts on SmackDown, and I was happy for the guy. I was happy for him. He's wanted this for 20 years. Uh, and he finally debuted on SmackDown, and he looked good in the process. I guess my only question is, are they really going to push him as a babyface? I hope so, because I thought that his style as a heel was not very appealing. And some people, some people were saying, like, uh, you can't do a cocky heel. Nakamura is a cocky, cocky babyface. You yeah. can do a cocky babyface. I, I agree, you can. Absolutely. I mean, Ric but Flair was Alex Ric Flair. Regardless. As Alex mentioned to me privately, to Vince McMahon, if they're singing your theme song, you're a baby face. And that's true. That's right. pretty much how he views it. I think he would work very well as that. I, I would love to avoid a Bobby Roode-Randy Orton match. But that entrance, that presentation, his look, his style as a baby face in the ring, right. liked it. I don't right. know if it's going to remain that way. but Yeah, especially when he, you're right. Especially when he says glorious before the DDT, that's kind of a baby face thing to do. And and all that. He reminded me a lot of Flair when he came out. He was doing a little strut. Did you notice that? And uh, and the robe that he wore was kind of reminiscent of Ric Flair. He reminded me a little bit of Ric Flair. So, um, Jason Jordan, heel turn? Like, is it coming now? Looks like it might yeah, be. I, right? I think so. Yeah. I think it, it's like a slow build, or either that or he's going to show like some sort of mean streak that develops an edge that might get him over. Right. That could be. Yeah, that could be. I uh, I questioned why they were doing the whole thing with uh, just having Finn Balor beat him. I mean, you're just showing yeah. the world he's not ready, but uh, whatever. I thought that was interesting. Now, what do you think about Leo Rush signing with WWE? Do you care at all? Does it matter to you? He's really good. I mean, unfortunately, many people's only exposure to him was that spot. Yes, I know exactly and there, what you're talking about. I've had people say, well, what about context? I'm sorry, there's no context in which that fits. Why don't you there, say the spot in case people don't know? 
it was Joey Janela hitting a sunset flip power bomb off a ladder through a table, and Leo Rush stood up. Yes. There is no context in which that works. None. I agree. You know, maybe if it's Braun Strowman, I'll do that. Or somebody who's built like that. Taker, yeah. I'm familiar enough with... Uh, I don't watch a lot of CZW. I'm familiar enough with it to know that that doesn't fit there. But I did... <laughs> I kind of poked... I think it was Rip Rogers. He was like, what's the point of that? And I said, maybe he's just tougher than everybody. <laughs> like, maybe that's maybe that's the situation. Maybe Leo Rush is the toughest guy in wrestling. How do you think things would go if Brock gave him an F5 and then he did a nip-up? That would he would never do that, <laughs> and Brock would kill him. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. Uh, why don't we go to our final uh, final segment? Something I've always wondered about when you work for TNA, we would we would hear when TNA would land a big name that sometimes maybe Spike would chip in some money because yeah. they wanted like a sting on their show. How often did that happen? Or was that just like sting? He's special. Uh, you see, Sean, you bring up these great questions. Cause this is a lot of stuff that I never talked about before. Um, it didn't happen often, bro. It didn't happen. Often, but I remember, bro, I, I, I got to bring you back in time. Sean, remember I almost went back to the WWE in 2002. Yeah. Well, I'll never forget. As Vince and I are coming to an agreement, and I think the agreement might have been made, I remember I said to Vince, how are we going to handle the Hulk Hogan situation? Remember, bro, we I had just come off Bash at the Beach with the guy. He was working there, and I had no contact with him whatsoever, okay? And I'm like, okay, bro, I'm going to be working with the guy again. What are we going to do? This is 2002, Sean. Vince McMahon looked at me. I swear to God, his exact words were, Vince, I don't give a shit about Hulk Hogan. He hasn't drawn me a dime. Okay, this is in 2002. Fast forward to him coming to TNA. What year was that, bro? The end of 2009, They the first TNA live TNA was January 4th. Seven years later. Seven years later, bro, I remember going to Spike headquarters, Spike TV headquarters. Bro, there was a boardroom meeting, and everybody who was anybody at the network was in there. Okay, bro, Hogan was the only one not at the meeting because, bro, he was he was trying to paint a picture. He was too big to even go to this meeting. But, of course, bro, who's in the meeting? Eric Bischoff. And, bro, Eric Bischoff is selling freaking Hulk Hogan like he's Pope John III, bro. And 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 these guys, everybody in that office, all these Spike executives, ooing and eyeing over Hulk Hogan, literally thinking, bro, he was going to bring their ratings up and we were going to compete with the WWE, the whole nine yards, based on everything Eric was selling. And I remember sitting there and saying to my, remembering what Vince McMahon said to me. Seven freaking years ago, Vince McMahon is telling me Hulk Hogan has not drawn a dime. But yet Spike TV, on the word of Eric Bischoff, believed that he's going to regenerate, you know, this entire company. But that didn't happen often, bro. I know they, they put money in for Hulk. I know they put money in for Sting. 
they might have put money in for Kurt, but I'm not sure about that. But definitely Hogan and Sting. That's interesting. I mean, it showed their commitment back then, and it's remarkable that it it didn't end up working out. Now, you've shouldered some of the blame for, for uh, the Spike-TNA relationship going awry. Did you think it would ever end after a certain point? Because they'd been together for almost a decade bro i bro these are again the things sean you know nobody 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 listens to me nobody wants to listen to me vince russo is a lie Vince russo is full of shit bro you gotta understand something i was working for the for tna you know towards the end of i think i left in 2012 i think but anyway bro right before i left eric bischoff became the executive producer of the show sean Eric Bischoff was working Spike TV better than Jeff Jarrett ever worked Dixie Carter. I mean, he was, they thought Eric knew everything about wrestling, the wrestling business, creative, the whole nine yards. And he had a relationship with them where he, you know, he basically, it was him and Spike TV. Dixie didn't even know what was going on. So he got himself so over with Spike TV and got himself in a position where they literally thought the show could not go on with Eric Bischoff because they didn't think very highly of Dixie Carter. Okay, bro? Bro, fast forward. I leave TNA. Soon thereafter, John Gaborik is hired. The first thing Gaborik does is send Eric Bischoff home. Now, I'm sitting at home, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, wait, hold, wait, hold, hold the phone. Spike TV loves freaking Eric Bischoff. They don't think highly of Dixie Carter. All of a sudden, this guy, John Gaborg, is coming in with no credentials in that position, and he's sending Eric home. A lot of people don't know this either, Sean, but they sent Eric home, but, but TNA was still paying him. So do you know what TNA had him do? Because they had to feel like, well, we got to get something out of him. With no, they, had him, they had him consult. They had him critique the shows. They had, And what did he do with those critiques, bro? He shit on the show. He sent them to Spike. Oh. He said, bro, and I know that for a fact because I was getting those critiques. And he ripped apart the – I'm sorry, Sean, go ahead. Uh, it, Bischoff, who Spike likes, and they like his opinion as well. Yes, and bro, he's he he never said one positive thing about the show. Bro, even me, I'll find something positive to say about the WWE. Nothing. It was a complete freaking burial, and he would send that every week directly to Spike. And I knew right then and there, this is over, bro. They think so highly of this guy, and John Gaborg sent them home, and now he's sending these reports ripping the show. I knew right then and there, and I was only a consultant. I'm like, this this ain't gonna fly, bro. And and you know, from what I heard too, they weren't too crazy about Gaborg to begin with. So the fact that Eric got sent home, bro, no doubt that was the beginning of the end for that relationship. All right, the olden. Vincent Russo. You know, it's, it's really not a surprise to me that Spike, you know, allegedly contributed to the talent costs. I mean, USA mm -hmm. has had a lot of say over WWE, too, right? So it doesn't surprise me too much. Although I was surprised that John Gaverick was given that spot at I the time. Too. 
Because what what did he have on his uh, resume? He had tough enough, didn't he? Yeah, and he had worked with WWE for for quite a while ahead of that. But doing what? <clears throat> yeah, I don't know what his exact role was. I should probably look that up. Hmm. Nothing that made him, you know, the head of talent relations. No, honestly, that was before I even got into coverage. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't give a damn what John Gaborik was doing at yeah. that point. But there are there are some that really really like him within the cup well i can't say i can't say that anymore there used to be several that liked him within the company but most of them are gone mm -hmm. i talked to one global force wrestler and i was like oh how are the tapings and they said i don't know anybody here now really yeah like, i mean which I think honestly their roster looks real nice right now i think Cornette real. said that too Cornette said that it looked a lot different well you know what Cornette was doing he said he did the thing well, I swear, it's almost like some stench was lifted, and all of a sudden, it's great to... You know, he's talking about Russo. Come on. He oh, is that what? Is that all it was? Just Russo? Yes, he shoehorns in every uh, damn interview he does. That's good. So, um, Brie Bella was on a podcast called From the Top Rope last week, and she said that Daniel Bryan is using an oxygen hyperbaric chamber as experimental treatment for his brain injury. Uh, that's led to, you know, increased rumors that Daniel Bryan wants to get back in the ring. He was on Edge and Christian's podcast, and he said, uh, I want to come back and work a much safer style. And he referenced Jerry Lawler, because Jerry Lawler, I think, is now 67, and he still wrestles occasionally. And obviously, he works a very low-impact, safe style. What do you think of all of this, man? There have been a lot of, you know, hints that, oh, maybe he'll be in Ring of Honor. Maybe he'll go to New Japan. Maybe none of that's going to happen. Like, what do you, where do you think this is headed? I think that he absolutely will do it, and I think he's going to wrestle for Ring of Honor in New Japan. You really think so? And I think that's a good thing. And there aren't a lot of things that I could see as game changers. And I'm not saying this is possible. I'm not saying it's likely. They land Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, though that's that's a game changer. That's a big yeah. game changer. I'm not talking like WWE ousted from number one, Yeah. but I'm talking like a completely raised profile. Who knows if CM Punk would ever want to do it. Yeah. I know the Young Bucks ask him to all the time. Yeah, I can't. Um, I don't know if I see it. I don't know if I see it. But Daniel Bryan alone is a big shot in the arm there, especially for with Ring of Honor and New Japan having that relationship. Who knows how long that will last given New Japan's foray into America. But I think he'll do it, and Brie Bella has said – don't get it twisted. I want him to if he wants to. So long as he's cleared, and, yeah. So long as yeah. he's cleared. Well, the thing is, he's been cleared for a long time. He's just not been cleared by one doctor the WWE sent him to. And when he explained that last week, I kind of felt bad for him. Hmm. Where he he described, like, a lesion isn't what everybody thinks it is. A lesion is a very vague term in this degree. Mm -hmm. So that's one. Oh, one you didn't touch on, Jimmy. Shelton Benjamin back in SmackDown. Yes, yeah. Uh, I mean, he was already signed and then the medical and, you know, now brought back again kind of thing. I mean, he looked great. He looked like the old Shelton Benjamin. It looks like they're going to go the heel route with him. It looks like he's going to be the, you know, kind of questionable tag partner that doesn't really want to be the tag partner. So Just uh, his ticket back in, I think. Just it, Right, just his ticket back in. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. He was, even at 42, the guy's still an incredible athlete. He can still go in the ring. He looks exactly the same. Well, it's so. because he – I remember uh, – I think I, it was either I interviewed him or I spoke to Shane Helms and, or something, and Shane was like – it was Shane. He was like, all genetics. Right. Like, it, it's so frustrating because he could go eat like trash for three weeks and come back looking just like that. Right. 
Right. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, one more thing on my list. Did you hear about the old Scott Steiner tweet? I did. We did a story on it. Uh, Alex did this weekend on Fightful.com. So Triple H was on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, did a little SummerSlam spot, supposedly slammed him through a table. And uh, so good old Scott Steiner, who wants to keep his Hall of Fame hopes alive, he, uh, he went on Twitter on August 20th, and he said, Candy-ass Triple H still trying to convince WWE Universe he's a tough guy, slamming Jimmy Fallon. You're not on the pay-per-view, ass clown. In a real fight, my money's on Fallon. Uh... <laughs> I think Jimmy Fallon has as much of a chance to beat Triple H as Conor McGregor has a chance of knocking out Floyd Mayweather in the first round. I'd say a little less. I'd say a little less. I think so. Although when I've seen Triple H hit pads, if yeah. you put him in a boxing ring, maybe those odds get a little bit closer. Yeah, maybe you're just kicking him in the balls. That works. By the way, by the way, you guys, <laughs> uh, we do have mcgregor mayweather press conference coverage coming up right after this on fightful.com somebody said are you all going to delay the podcast for that and i said yeah because i'm sure that those two guys make it on time Uh uh-huh not just that but it's all the same what what more can they say that they haven't already said this is ufc format at a table with questions from the media that's different connor's going to eat them alive if that's the case right right but if they're just going to come out randomly and just stand there you know yeah so whatever So is that it? That is all I got, man. That's it for this week. Yeah, man. The drilling stopped too. Can you believe? Yeah, of course. Right. Of course. That's it. I am. I am sending a strongly worded letter, Sean. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) Like a letter. Strongly worded. Strongly worded. Who would you have delivered that letter? Um. Hmm. Probably uh, the lovely Ventura. Because you already know, wonderful. you already know she has my back, mm-hmm. and she's the type that they're not going to shit on. Doesn't have Greg's back though. So, I learned that. Yes, you did. Well, that's because she has mine over Greg's. That's true. That's that the way it's I, supposed to be. I can verify. You know, we really should have have had Nicola on the show to make a prediction for McGregor. Could have done that. You know what? Maybe I'll bring her on next week, depending on how it goes. Yeah, I, I that. get the feeling she's going to charm a lot of our viewers, though. She might. Very possible. Yeah, charmed you out of. Uh, a thousand big ones by eating all. What was it? Uh, what were they? I think they were roast beef sliders. Roast beef sandwiches. Yeah, yeah that's what they were. Yeah. There was hey, some controversy won in the contest. To that due to the odds you put on it. No, so. there were no. There, there were no. There was no controversy. You asked the guy, "Hey, are you going to question the decision?" And he said, "No." He didn't even think about it. He said, "No." Well, they uh, they all say that, and then you get that official appeal in the mail, Jimmy. Uh huh. I'm still that's waiting. How it, that's how it goes. That's how oh, yeah? it goes. I'm waiting on it. Well, that's all we got, guys. Tune in to Fightful.com Saturday night. Myself, Carlos Toro, uh, Showdown Joe. I believe that Carlos is planning on doing a boxing podcast as well. And, of course, that Spanish language update. But we have features all weekend long uh, between Bellator. Bellator is actually running a show Friday. I talked to several of their guys. We have uh, a ton of wrestling features. Of course, the, the articles that come out of the list and your boy. And uh, just a good time over at Fightful.com. Go to our live discussion. Go to our forums. We're going to be doing contests all the time, Jimmy. At what point are you going to give away some of your 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 decorations in the back? Like what? Like Ellsworth. I just want to see how you'd ship it, honestly. Uh, it'd have to be a special contest. It would be. For me to cut ties with him. It'd have to be special. Maybe at 50,000 Twitter followers. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, we'll but talk then about somebody it. would go and bias a bunch and cheat. 
I do want contest ideas for the next Ric Flair, though, because I got a bunch more of these, so I, I would like ideas okay, for that. Sure. So, Sure, guys. So uh, submit your contest ideas as well over on the forums. But until next time, follow him at JimmyVan74. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow us at Fightful Online Cross-Platform. Until next time, we're This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.